Welcome to the Embrace Your Destiny podcast. My name is Sandra Dawes and I'm your host. And today we're talking with Cheryl Lee. And Cheryl, welcome, first of all. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And to tell you a little bit about Cheryl, she is a clinical somatic educator, a movement coach, a yogini, a pain educator, brain enthusiast, mindfulness student, nature lover, cat fan, lifelong learner, and enabler. And she loves to learn and is fascinated by movement, pain, and the nervous system. And she's learned how to overcome the suffering of her own pain with movement, both vigorous and slow. Education about pain and the nervous system, self-awareness and mindset. And she now helps others. She now helps to empower others to self-efficacy. So welcome, Cheryl, and thanks for being a guest today. Thank you. Thanks ever so much for having me. And so if this is the first time you're listening to an interview, this is all about talking to women who have gone through some sort of trial or tribulation in their life and have made it through to the other side stronger in mind, body, and soul for it. So Cheryl, why don't you share with us your journey? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, so things kind of started to go massively downhill for me um, when I was pregnant with my little boy. Um, and I was a teacher at the time, I was teaching full time and I had a management position in teaching and um, things were going well. I did have back pain intermittently, but it, it was okay. It was just kind of in the background and I could always manage it. And I was, I exercised a lot did yoga and I was a Pilates teacher um, in training. So uh, I had things that I was doing. And then I slipped and fell at work. I went flying, really hurt my hip and had a massive bleed. And that was while you were pregnant. That was while I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was quite horrifying. Um, I went to A&E and they told me, well, we think you've probably lost the baby. Um, so there was a kind of, oh, my God, you know, what's I've already that was my second. So I'd already had a miscarriage. And but there was something about the situation that the, the bleeding stopped while I was in, in A&E because I'd asked, could I lie down? Because uh, they had me kind of stood in the waiting room and I said, look, I really just need to lie down and I just need to breathe and, re- and relax. And I did that. And actually the bleeding had stopped. So even though they told me this has probably happened actually I didn't believe that I'd lost a child and and it turned out that I hadn't so that was all good apart from um I ended up with this just incredible pain in my arm my neck and the hip that I'd gone down on um Mm -hmm. in the fall it was unrelenting uh, unremitting and just all day all night and uh, I, I started losing sleep and um, just could not get comfortable and had really, really, really poor sleep for the rest of my pregnancy. Things got. And actually, though, I mean, it sounds like it could have been awful, but I managed it really well because I did a lot of yoga. I did a lot of breathing techniques. And I, and I, was, I had a pretty, pretty good mindset about the whole thing. So none of it really fazed me, although looking back, it, it was terrible anyway it got worse when I had a really traumatic birth and just about any intervention that you can have I had ended up with a c-section and I I was terribly ill really really poorly after the birth and so was my son um, with reflux 
So um, I was in hospital for only about four days, um, but I could I just couldn't move. Um, it was agony to walk or to move. And um, my little boy seemed to be feeling well on the first day, but then, boom, everything started and everything that he ever digest, didn't digest, didn't get to that stage, anything he ever took down just came up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he was kind of failing to thrive, as the um, the midwife put it, and uh, it, it was just a quite a desperate situation, really. But again, um, it was quite enjoyable in a way because I stayed in bed with this little baby for three weeks, and I kind of got to bond with him in a way that I don't think I would have done. If I, what I wanted to do was be up and out and going to cafes and meeting other mums and, you know, doing all that kind of thing. I just couldn't do it. I didn't see anybody. Um, but I did spend all my time with this new, wonderful life. And there, I think there was a tremendous amount of bonding there. Um, and I happened to read some fantastic books, a book called Why Love Matters, um, which is um, – it's all about the bonding process and about the creation of oxytocin with skin-to-skin contact and about how children or the young, whether it's animals or children, can fail to thrive without love and without care um, from their caregivers. So um, it just, I don't know, it, it changed things for me that I read that book at that time. Um, so, I, so I managed to get up and after about three or four weeks, I was kind of a little bit mobile but still not not great things were getting worse and by about four months looking back I'd say I was clinically depressed although at the time I didn't get a diagnosis of right. that but I think when you phone the Samaritans for help I think there's something really not right, not right there is there so yeah it's I'd, I'd phone the Samaritans because I just I had no idea how I was going to bring up this baby, bring up my son, um, I, how I could be a mother, because every move that I made was painful. It was just so hard to even go upstairs, to walk downstairs, to sleep. And I wasn't getting any sleep because of the because of him, you know, needing to feed him in the night. And um, so, yeah, I, I was just in a terrible state. And I just kind of wanted to disappear, really. I didn't want to harm myself, but I just wanted to not, just not be there anymore. And um, kind of <laughs> seriously suggested to my husband that it might be better if I just went away. And, you know, it was that kind of level of really something psychologically wrong at that, at that stage. Right, because you were struggling with not feeling useful in a way, right? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly. I, I felt like I had no purpose. Well, I did have a purpose. I was so wanted to, to be a mom and, you know, to, to um, do everything with my son, but everything was just too much, too, too painful. And it just felt like that the slightest thing would, you know, throw me off course. And I wondered how I would ever be able to get up in the morning and go to work and hold down a job. And I just, how would I go back into a school? I taught, you know, I taught in a secondary school, teenagers and busy corridors. I, there's just no way that I felt I could go back to that. So, yeah, I was in a really, really bad place. Oh, yeah. I think anything that makes you question your purpose is, yeah. is, 
is soul crushing in a way, right? Because you think that you have an idea of what you're here to do. And then when you're unable to do that anymore, you wonder what, what's the point? What's next? Yes. Yeah. And so the only I thought, well, could I be useful if I if I went off and lived in a monastery and just just helped helped in the garden or something? I just you know these were real thoughts going through my head. So it was uh, you know you can imagine just what kind of time that was. Um, but I did uh, start to see a counsellor and um, just got my mindset back on track and um, and then started to get some help for um well I thought I was going down the right route to get some help for the pain and um I think it might have sort of taken a turn perhaps for the worse because um I was referred to the pain management center and the pain management specialist said to me well look you know you're you're a Pilates teacher so you know with this in my background I was a Pilates teacher I was also by then uh, I, no, I was te- I was training to be a yoga teacher, so I was doing my yoga teacher training. So I knew a little bit about the body, and I cu- I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself enough, you know. So um, I, so I, so I had that in my background. I've been to physiotherapy, and I've been to all, all sorts of things. And so pain management was the kind of last ditch attempt. And she basically said, "Well, there's nothing we can do." You uh, physical therapy just can't help you so you just need to start using a wheelchair and I just was gobsmacked that oh oh god you know um I I never thought this would this would 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 happen but getting my words all mixed up but I never I never imagined that you know I'd have to deal with something like this um and I didn't know whether I could deal with it so the next thing that happened was just hours and hours of research on the internet, looking up people with my condition. And I found this, this, this thing that I'd never heard of called Hannah Somatics. And um, in this blog post, this guy was writing about something called, that he called the dark vice, which was exactly how I felt in my body. It's when you feel that, you're tight at the front of your body, you're tight at the back, and you're tight or twisted in the sides. And I thought, oh, my God, that is exactly how I feel in my body. It felt like every day, it felt like I put on a pair of tights that were two sizes too small and all twisted. It just just felt horrible. And um, so I read this blog post. There was an exercise. I did the exercise and just got immediate kind of relief in my back. And I don't mean miraculous recovery, but there was a noticeable difference. So I just thought, God, there's something that I don't know. I don't know about this. And anyway, to cut a long story short, I found out a little bit more and I trained in this modality uh, of Hannah Somatics. And, um, and now that's, that's part of what I do um, with people. So um, and no wheelchair, no wheelchair, never even a suggestion of a wheelchair after that. I think right. there was just a reaction in me that was so strong that I I felt that I could be helped. That this was in some way muscular, but nobody, no expert that I'd ever been to seemed to be able to put a finger on it. And I'd been told phys- physical therapy is just 
you know, it's not going not gonna to work for you. We've tried it, it doesn't work for you. Nothing can be done. But HANA Somatics does something different. Um, it's, and, you know, when I discovered a little bit more about it, what really excited me about it was that it's working at the level of the brain and how movement works in the brain. Because we have, um, you know, the, the body is mapped out on the brain, as you, as you all know. And, um, you know, when, when we don't move certain parts of, of our body, and I had not moved. That was the thing. I'd hardly moved. Even though I did some yoga, anything was really, really, you know, kind of difficult to do. And I, I just got to a stage where there were certain things like bending over. I didn't want to do because it, it just really hurt. Reaching up was something that I didn't do because it, it just hurt too much. And then what I started to learn was that if you don't do movements, then what actually happens there at the level of the brain, those body parts may be represented quite closely next to each other. Um, and they begin to kind of become a, just a block for the brain. So the brain can no longer differentiate the movement of, say, the arm and the shoulder it just becomes one unit and that was how my body was it was just this one block this one unit so um yeah it, it's so somatics really helps me to differentiate the the parts of my body again and to to move well and to to live a normal or fairly normal and meaningful life I do still have um pain sometimes if I don't look after myself, I have to kind of day on a daily basis. Um, do the work. Do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do the work and do the work of different kinds. So I do my mindful movement, my Hannah somatics, somatics movements. I do mindfulness practice and breath. And then I also do um, just make sure that I get some cardio exercise so that I'm getting my heart rate up. And I'm trying now to do more strength work. So I like to think of that I'm having at least a couple of pieces of pie every day. Definitely the breath, definitely the mindful movement and cardio. If I don't do strength one day, that's okay. But yeah, that's that's my, you know, I just, I have to do it. I just absolutely have to do it because if not, um, I do kind of regress quite easily into pain. So what, you know, for example, if I get poorly, um, I just do tend to go down a little bit more quickly than the average person. But I know that about myself. I, my nervous system has been compromised. I do have a, an issue with my spine, a, a spondylolisthesis, which is a slippage of one um, uh, disc over another. So it's kind of not, not in place. So my muscular balance is, you know, kind of, changing at all times and it they what tends to happen is it just suddenly <clears throat> clenches me down if if my brain somehow perceives that I've moved too far or or whatever so yeah I, I'm constantly battling with this tension in the center of my body but I do have a way to undo it and unwind it which I'm thankful for and so grateful for absolutely I think that when you realize that mindfulness and it's so important, like not just for your emotional well-being, but for your physical well-being as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that you didn't resign yourself to the diagnosis that the wheelchair was was the answer for, for what you were going through. Yeah. That you wanted something more for your life. 
and it may have been and you know people people do um end up in wheelchairs or are in wheelchairs and and they get used to um you know they accept that and they they're able to deal with it and they they have meaningful lives and you know it might I may have done that as well but I did I found I found a different way so I'm I'm just grateful that I was able to do that so that was um oh seven and a half years ago oh wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I'm I'm still going strong and I, I I you know I do feel that I'm getting better I'm getting better at managing uh, myself and I'm getting better at avoiding situations which will kind of bring on uh, pain or s- stiffness and tension and stress and that kind of thing. That's amazing. So what do you think is the biggest lesson that you learned from the experience? Well, it, I suppose it's a couple of things really. The, the, fir- the first one is kind of about childbirth because I, I had this, I had a pool in our um, in our um, lounge when I was pregnant right at the end and I just had this wonderful idea that I may be able to have a natural birth and I may be able to have a natural birth at home and you know then my little boy had just suckle up to my breast in the pool (laughs) no way was it like that but actually even though what I had was not romantic in the slightest, it was still a, a really wonderful experience. And I'm actually very grateful for that experience because it taught me a lot about just just about bonding with a child and about, you know, bringing that new person, welcoming that that new life into the world. So, um, you know, it's kind of what, what you want and what actually happens uh, often two different things and, and you don't really get what you want but that's that's that can be a good thing yeah I think you get what you need maybe yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and that you know I think I did need that lesson definitely um and yeah as for the um for, for the for the other thing um you know to do with my pain and um my body and my sense of worth I think yeah, it was just a struggle for a while, thinking I can't can't contribute in any way. I can't be a proper mum, and I, I I can't work. And through through this pain and through the really terrible situation that I was in, um, I've turned that around, and it's now become the work that I do. And that was another unexpected thing. So I guess, um, yeah, the lesson that I've learned is to, to make lemonade. <laughs> when <laughs> gives you lemons, then, you know, make a, learn to make a good lemonade, I suppose. Yeah, I find that with the interviews that I've done so far, that it's interesting that for a lot of the women who have gone through a challenging time, that that challenging time, whatever it was, is what helped them to be on the path that they are on today professionally. And so I feel like often these things happen and they're horrible at the time, Mm. but they're often course corrections. You know what I mean? They're pointing you in the direction that you're meant to be in. And so I feel like, you know, for the longest time, whenever I heard that everything happens for a reason, I would dismiss it and say, you know, that's just what people say when you're going through a rough time. (laughs) But I feel like now I, I feel that there is more truth to it, that it's not just a cliche and that even though when you're going through it, 
you might not see the purpose and you might just feel that it's, you know, the world is punishing you for some reason, you know, or something like that, that it is for your own, it's for your best interest, that it is, you know, whether you realize that five years from now, six months from now or whatever, that you are going to see that there was a silver lining to that, that issue or that challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I am, I tend to think these days when, when there is a disappointment, it's much easier having gone through um, those experiences. It's much easier to say, okay, well, that door is closed or that, that doesn't seem to be working. So that's okay. What is working? What, what can we do? So it has changed my mindset. Yes. Definitely. So I've, I do find problems much, much easier to deal with. Yeah, it definitely puts things in perspective. It does. Yeah, it does. And so if there's somebody out there listening right now who is going through um, a challenging time with managing their pain, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I think one of the major things for me was to discover um, actually what pain is and you know some of the science behind it and kind of understand what was going on in my nervous system so that my pain made sense to me. Because it, t- it was kind of a big turnaround for me to go from being scared of bending over because it hurt to actually coming full circle and thinking, yes, but I I need to bend because my brain needs that movement. It needs to be reminded that my body can do that movement. But when you're too scared to bend, there's no way you're going to accept somebody saying, can you bend over? So I think I I personally um, needed that kind of background education. So there's a great book that I would recommend called Explain Pain by David Butler and Lorimer Mosley. And they they kind of break it down and make it, for the layperson, um, as well as the professional, make it really easy to, to understand how pain happens in the brain and, um, you know, how movement happens in the brain. So that would be a, a, a brilliant starting point. Okay, I will definitely um, include that in the show notes so that anybody listening can can find that book. And I think you mentioned another book earlier, and I'll I'll link that one as well. Awesome. And I know that you've shared some video clips, some exercises for people to. Um, I did. Yes, yes. There's a, there's a, a series of um, breathing um, clips that I've just made. Uh, so they're audio guides. Um, uh, on kind of six or seven, I've only done six at the moment, but there are going to be seven breathing exercises, um, all different. And they have a kind of um, somatic flavor to them. And by somatic, I mean, they're kind of feeling the breath in your body in maybe a different way that you might do in a mindfulness breath meditation or in a, say, a yoga meditation on the breath. So it's about an awareness of what the body's actually doing during the breath and kind of taking you on a journey around the body and you can get some quite interesting sensations and uh, moments of oh right that happens <laughs> um so it, yeah it's it's um my clients find them really useful so there's a series of audios and together with it there's a, an infographic as well which i've sent to you so you can you can share that with your listeners as well 
So yes, yeah, so if you're listening in your car right now or on a walk, go back when you um, <laughs> when you're ready and check out the show notes and all that good stuff will be there for you. And um, any last thoughts or words of wisdom you want to share, Cheryl? Oh my goodness, dear me. Um, <laughs> well, I think the thing for me is just about um, taking just having one conscious breath so you know anytime something is you get one of those emotions where there's there's a bit of apprehension or a bit of worry or 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 whatever is going on to just anchor back to the breath take one conscious breath and it, it invariably I, I might need more than one I might need two or three or a couple of minutes worth but just to begin with that one conscious breath, I can bring myself back and kind of ground myself and rise up and, you know, kind of face what, whatever challenge it is that I need to face. And it's not always challenges. There's lots of lovely things that go on too. Yes. Yeah. I think that sometimes we can get lost in the fog of the things that aren't going well and forget yeah, how much yeah. amazing things are happening in our life yeah. on a regular basis, on a daily basis, really. Yeah, I, I think actually that that might be my parting word of wisdom is that, um, you know, the, the, the brain is wired to kind of look for problems. We look for things in life that are not going right as a kind of survival mechanism. And uh, when things are going well and when things are, you know, it's kind of joyous and happy, we actually don't remember it as well. So we need to kind of physically stop ourselves in the moment. Uh, and you know hold on to it and say look at this yes if this is not pleasurable then I don't know what is paraphrasing the words of Kurt Vonnegut there because I can't remember his exact quotation but yeah to to really kind of put a post-it note um on that memory for your brain so that you're you're recording the good stuff yeah and enjoying the moment absolutely yes yeah I love it Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom. And again, um, for those of you listening, you can go back to the show notes and find out where to find Cheryl to learn more about her and what she does. And I'm sure we'll have social media links as well to connect with her online, as well as um, her website. So again, thank you, Cheryl. It's been an honor to chat with you. And for those of you listening, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You're an inspiration. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.